Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I think that's what's most important on, on making big behavior changes is starting with very, very small, small things. Um, get up, drink water, eat food, out the door at 830 and I'm going to the CrossFit gym. It just became like, a, I don't care if I feel like it or I don't feel like it. If I get to the gym and then I'll let it go from there. You know, once I get there and I start moving, I start to feel better. But there are some days where I feel every bit of 47 years old and I would rather take a nap than go train um, at the level that I'm, I'm going to train. So I think that's behavior change, starting with something, major commitment to one small thing and then let that small thing snowball into bigger and bigger behavior change. This is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Fascinating stories to amaze, encourage, and inspire you in fishing, fitness, and the outdoors. And we're brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I'm Jason Grubb, three-time CrossFit Games Masters Champion, and this is the Tom Rowland Show. All right, Jason, what we're going to do is we're going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to ask a couple of questions for you and I to get to know each other a little bit better and for the audience to get to know you better. That's the that's the point of this. So if it's an either or question or you can say either whichever one is the choice or neither. So we'll just start out. Some of them are silly and some of them actually have some meaning. Uh, Country or rock? Rock. Breakfast food for dinner. Do you ever do that? Absolutely. What's the last book you read? Uh. Hundred million dollar offers by Alex Ramosi. Hey, that might be the last book I read too. I was painting a fence while I was listening to that uh, for my son's wedding. Was I was listening to it. I, I listened to thinking, books as but well. I like that. Yeah. I like that book. Um, uh, Audio book, paper book, or Kindle? Audio book. Okay. Uh, three non negotiables in your everyday. Uh, coffee. Black Rifle coffee. <laughs> Actually, I'm drinking Black Rifle coffee right now. Um, movement, I have to move and, uh, just to be something less healthy. Um, oh gosh, three, a, a non-negotiable is going to happen. Well, no, it's going to be healthy. I have to do a cold plunge every day. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Three good ones. Coffee, cold plunge and movement. And All movement. Right. All right. So, uh, coffee or tea? I guess you answered that coffee 100% coffee okay. absolutely winter olympics or summer olympics summer olympics instagram or twitter oof <laughs> wow uh that's tough instagram okay sunrise or sunset sunset cat or dog dog texting or calling texting <laughs> 100% uh the best piece of advice you've ever been given oh man um I, I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to steal just a movie quote on this one. Um, because I think it could be advice. Uh, and it's from the Shawshank Redemption towards the end of the movie. Uh, Andy Dufresne says to his, his best friend, uh, get busy living or get busy dying. And that is, um, I mean, it's just always going to be the, the piece of advice, the thing that, that, um, 
that I, I it, it just resonates so much. Love it. I love it. Okay, cool, man. Well, we're on the same page with a whole bunch of those. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, obviously you have taken CrossFit uh, to an extreme level. You're three-time age group master's champion, which is incredibly impressive. Just yep. to even make it to the games is incredibly impressive. To do that three times, or you've actually been there more times than three, I guess. Um, and and yes. I was looking at your uh, your resume on your Instagram and it's uh it's actually today's post I think um it had it had all of your uh accomplishments within within the since 2008 eight major titles and 10 podiums since qualifying for the games in 2018 you got third place there the first time in 2019 you get first place in 2020 you get second place in Wadapalooza in 20 you also get first place in Legends Championship, first place in 2021 in the CrossFit Games, another first place in Legends Championship in 2021. 2022 was a big year for you, a win at Wadapalooza, CrossFit yeah. Games, Legends Championship, and, and in 2023, Wadapalooza. Uh, which for people that don't know about CrossFit, those are all the biggest, those are all the biggest things. The CrossFit games being the very biggest, probably Wadapalooza being the second biggest and Legends Championship being you're, you're the third and you're just dominating in all of those. But as I look through, um, yeah. you know, when I, when I first came across your, your information and your profile a few years ago, your story is that you weren't always that fit, right? So let's talk yes, about your no. journey and, and you know, how you end up, yeah. first of all, how old are you today? 47. Okay. So you're 47 today. And according to your Instagram about, about nine years ago or, or 11 years ago when you're, uh, what, 38, yeah. um, you, you, 38. you were in a yeah. different, different place. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, was 38 with a three month old baby, uh, when I walked into a CrossFit gym. Um, uh, but it wasn't, I, I didn't just wake up one morning and decide like, I, I want to be a healthy person. I want to be fit. Um, I wish it was that <laughs> intentional. I wish I, I woke up and I just said, yeah, this, you know what I want, I want more with my life. Uh, I didn't know what CrossFit was. I didn't know what the CrossFit games were. And, um, uh, I was, I was a jogger, you know, for the, for, you know, my adult life, I always, when I was a child, I saw my dad jog. He, he would just jog every day. And so in my adult life, I thought jogging was the way that you just sort of stayed healthy, you know, nice and slow, but I would run, you know, I'd run four or five miles a couple of times a week. And, um, it would do wonders for like anxiety and, uh, stress relief. But, um, I hated running in the winter hmm. and, and it was like November of 2013, and it was just, it was starting to get cold out in Colorado, windy. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to run very much the winter. And uh, my sister-in-law at the time happened to be, uh, every time we got together with her, she's like, Jason, you would love CrossFit. You'd absolutely love CrossFit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> I don't need to go. Because all I thought, I thought CrossFit was sort of like, like uh, an aerobics class with weights. Like I knew it's a group class. I know there's a coach and I don't want to go somewhere and just be embarrassed. Like, that's just like, I don't, I don't want to go to like a hip hop dance class and I don't want to go to CrossFit and I don't want to like, I don't want to feel like I'm on, on the spot in any way whatsoever. Um, but she got me 
during one dinner, she's like, Jason, look, my gym is having like a, I get a free month. If you get a free month, if we, if you sign up, if you just come to one class this month, I was like, fine, I'll come. And I was so nervous driving to that first class. It was like a, a Wednesday or Friday night. I was nervous. I, again, I just don't want to go there and be embarrassed. And uh, I walked through the door and the class that I, I joined, it had like three people in it. <laughs> and oftentimes the CrossFit class, they could be huge classes. They could be really small classes. So first of all, three people in the class brought that, that stress level for me, the anxiety brought that level down. And um, I, I, uh, I liked, I liked the workout, you know, it had like some handstand pushups. So I did that on like three ab mats. Like, so you have these mats, you stack three high. I could kick up to a handstand um, because I, I was a gymnast in like seventh, eighth, ninth grade. So I had some skills that I could still do as a 38 year old. I could still kick up to a handstand. And so they were super impressed that this 38 year old, somewhat fat guy <laughs> could kick up to a handstand. And I think that stroked my ego just enough that I was like, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it got me interested and, um, I didn't end up joining that gym. It was just a little bit too far away. So I, I was very curious. So I joined a CrossFit gym the next week, closer to home. I went to the first class and, uh, it was, you know, uh, maybe the workout was like power cleans and burpees, something very simple in the CrossFit world. And, I finished this workout and I was absolutely destroyed. Um, hands on my knees, keeled over, you know, looking, look, just looking around in utter confusion as like there were people there that were older than me, fatter than me, and were, were so much more fit than me. And so whenever I feel like I've got a deficiency or, um, or I'm just extraordinarily confused about something, I go all in to figure out how the, the how the f i could get better at this um and, you know i don't i don't want to be not good at something and i mean i got beat in that first class i always share this story but there was this woman next to me a, a, a fairly large woman um in this first class workout and again i'm just dying in this workout it was uh, a timed workout so the faster you got through it uh was, was kind of the purpose and so she beat me through the workout she she beat me in the workout and i'm i'm just confused I look over and it turns out like it's not, she's not a, she's not a fat woman. She's just a pregnant woman. And so not only that, I found out later she's pregnant with twins. So in the first workout, I got destroyed from a competition standpoint by a, a woman pregnant with twins. And that's it. I'm going to figure out CrossFit from here on out. That was kind of the internal goal. So I went six days a week from that point on. I mean, it was, uh, I was all in on this thing. I've got to figure this out. Um, and again, I had no aspirations long-term. Um, I, I wasn't even overly concerned about changing my overall body composition in that moment. It was more like, this was fun. I really enjoyed it and I really suck at it. So I have to resolve all of the, I have to resolve that mm. immediately. And so I went all in and that's how I do things. I, if I, if I choose to do something, there's no half-ass I'm, I'm just all in on it. And I happen to find CrossFit. Which turned out to be something that um, just my my height, my body style. I just ended up being really good at this through lots of hard work. I turned out to be really good at this particular sport. And so, what about the mindset of going all in? What What's your athletic background? Yeah. So, uh, as a child, I I dabbled in like you know, I like every kid in America. I had did some soccer. 
I played uh, a little bit of t-ball and baseball. I hated both of those sports. Um, I did track, which I, I liked in like fifth and sixth grade. So I did, it was a, you know, 10 year old track. Um, but I didn't have any, uh, grit. Like they signed me up for the 800 meter run one time and I just walked half of it. <laughs> I was not, I did not want to do it. Um, and then in uh, seventh grade, uh, it was probably t- t- 11 or 12, I guess it was 13. Um, I, uh, a friend, uh, was a gymnast. So I, I became a gymnast and actually had some aspirations, seventh, eighth, ninth grade in maybe becoming an Olympian. Like I, I really enjoy gymnastics and want to get really competitive with it. Um, but quickly realized as I, as I got older in ninth grade, that's not very old, but, um, that I was way behind the curve and I was never going to be an Olympian. I needed to be doing this for 10 years at that point. And, uh, I had some, some injuries. So I, I, I stopped gymnastics, but I didn't do any high school sports. Um, gymnastics was a club sport. It wasn't a high school sport. Um, I, I worked, we were, I grew up in a pretty, um, pretty poor family. So if I wanted a car, I had to work. So I worked so that I could get a car so that I could pay for insurance so that I could have freedom. Um, if I wanted to go to college, I needed to pay for college. So I, I took life very serious from a young age and, uh, and then bootstrapped my way through college and all of those things, um, fairly young. So no athletic background to, to answer huh. that question. I didn't have any athletic background. And it, at 38, you know, when it came to like jumping on a box, which is common in CrossFit, we do like a box jump. And for men, we jump on top of a 24 inch box and then stand up. It's a very, uh, it's very potent stimulus as far as working out goes. And, uh, I mean, that was scary <laughs> to jump 24 inches and land on a box. And I mean, I, I hit my shins multiple times for missing my feet on the box. Um, you know, jump rope, we, we've got to learn things like jump roping and double unders and, and all of that in CrossFit. And, um, just having the, the idea of having no athletic background meant that if I wanted to figure something out in CrossFit, I would stay after class and I would just work on that thing like double unders, which is uh jump roping where you, the rope passes twice under your feet instead of just once under your feet. It's a very common movement in, in CrossFit. Um, after probably like a month or two into CrossFit, I still couldn't figure it out. So I stayed after class for 15 minutes to a half hour every day for probably six weeks until I had, you know, a consistent set of 50 double unders anytime I tried. Because just, just didn't want to have that that deficiency. So no athletic background, but all in for me is um, if I find a weakness, I, I just wanted to get after it um, big time. And with no regard for like safety, at least as a 38 year old, you don't want to practice double unders every day. Like you're going to get plantar fasciitis. You're going to like hurt an Achilles. I didn't have the guidance in that moment to like tap the brakes. Like it's, it's a long journey, but I was, I, I was, uh, I was going. It's interesting that you went all in like that. Um, was it the, was it just the, uh, the movements that you were having trouble with and the fact that you got beat by a pregnant lady or was it the camaraderie or the particular gym that you were into or, or like, you know, for me, um, I was a runner, um, before I found CrossFit and, and, uh, I just needed some variety and I thrived in the variety that I found with CrossFit. Yeah. And it was like, okay, now no longer do I have to just this repetitive thing, which I love the repetitive thing for a, a good thinking, you know, like what you're doing, you're driving today. It's sure. a great, great thing to do. You're, you're driving, you get some great thinking time when you're running the same kind of thing. But, um, what, what do you think yeah. it was, uh, that really, 
hooked you about CrossFit? Yeah, it was uh, initially, I think it was the leaderboard. Mm. Um, this was something that I hadn't experienced in any kind of, uh, um, workout situation. You know, uh, I, I had gone to the rec center and lifted weights from time to time. And, um, none of that ever stuck And I would do three days and then I would be off for months and not go back. But this CrossFit gym and most CrossFit gyms have uh, a leaderboard, um, every day for the given workout. And it's not that every day is a competition, but it's a bit of a motivator. You know, if, if I, if there's someone in my 9am class that, you know, I just, I, I, I think I can beat that guy in this particular workout. It, it creates a, a little bit of motivation for me, um, to push a little bit harder in my training that day. But it was that leaderboard in that, in that gym, there was, uh, I was just on the bottom and I am a competitive person. I've always been very competitive. Um, whether it's been in, you know, I was very competitive when I was a gymnast, uh, with my other teammates at the time and in business and life, I've been just uber, uber competitive. I, I played poker for two years as a professional poker really? player in my early thirties. I did. Yes. Yeah, so we could segue to that at some point, but, um, but yeah, so always been very competitive. So this leaderboard gave me this motivation of like, okay, I'm on the bottom of the leaderboard. And over a couple of months, I started to, to, to work my way up the leaderboard in the daily workouts and uh, the owner of this gym was the fittest human being I'd ever seen. I mean, I just, he was a 52 year old guy, just such a, I mean, tremendous athlete. And I, he worked out with our 9am class. The owner of the gym worked out with the 9am class and that was my class every day. And so I had a little community there that I really enjoyed. Um, and I started beating all the other guys in that class, except for Keith, the owner. And I was just striving to catch Keith. If I could just catch him. And by like the nine, nine month, maybe 10, 11 month mark, um, I opened my gym at the 12 month mark, my own gym. But at like the 11 month mark, I was beating Keith consistently in workouts. And that was so satisfying. Hmm. And so I would say that among all the things that, that, that caught me in CrossFit, it was this idea that every day I could go in and I would go to battle. And, you know, whatever the workout was, I was, I was in, I was at, I was at war <laughs> and, um, and you know, you don't, you can't win every battle and you shouldn't push to the absolute limit every day. But, uh, having a leaderboard there, having that little bit of motivation, having, um, almost that accountability of others that, you know, if there was a day that I missed, people would be like, bro, I didn't see you on the leaderboard. And I thought, I thought you'd, you'd mm -hmm. kill it on this one. Those were just really interesting motivators for me. And, and so when it comes down to it, like I, if you want to motivate me to do something, make it a competition. And so that's just hardwired into my DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was what was what got me there. Um, and the byproduct of this leaderboard, the byproduct of that motivation, uh, was that, you know, by the fourth or fifth month, I remember I was on this, I was on a run, the workout had some running and maybe some pull-ups and, uh, again, it was a 9am class. So I was on this run and the, the angle of the sun was projecting my shadow in front of me on this run. And my shadow had shoulders. <laughs> and I was, I was like, Oh man, look, I'm, I'm not sure if that is, I feel like it's an optical illusion. Um, but there was some roundness to the shoulders of the shadow in front of me. And, uh, this might've been more like the six month mark, but 
the byproduct of working really hard and, and loving that leaderboard aspect and, and getting stronger and better was that my body started to change as well. I didn't, I didn't focus on nutrition. Again, I wasn't smart enough at the time. I was just going to class at 9 a.m. every day to crush, crush myself and compete with some other guys. Uh, and I started to get stronger. My body started to change. Um, I really started to, to lean out um, because I was generally under eating at the time. Um, I was really paying attention to what I was eating. Um, but I, I, started to, I started to transform. And there are, if, if someone was to go to my Instagram page, maybe two or three weeks ago, I did put a progression out there from, I have pictures of me at 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43. And you see this very consistent progression from a fluffy guy to, um, to a guy that looks like he probably competes at, at higher levels in CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting about the byproduct of that. It's like the, you know, you don't even realize what's happening to your body. I've seen that happen to a bunch of people, uh, yeah. when they, when they start this or, or something else that they like, I mean, it doesn't have to be CrossFit. I mean, it could be yeah. just something, you know, you really yeah. like rock climbing. I've seen it happen with people like that and they go to the rock climbing gym and they're like, man, I just love this. And I go here every single day and you see them six months later and she's like, you're a different person, man. You look yeah. completely different. But as far as your Instagram grow, goes, if you're interested in checking out his Instagram it's Jason Grubb, G R U B B underscore fitness. He does have a good Instagram there. Um, that's, that's really cool. So you were talking about, uh, your mindset and business too. What did, what do you do for a living or what did yeah. you do for a living before you opened your gym? Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, so I, I have a, I, I graduated college. Um, I got married fairly young, still put myself through college, um, and then got a master's degree in counseling psychology. So I was a therapist for, uh, four or five years and I didn't, I didn't love being a therapist, but I loved building that business. I, I really enjoyed creating this this uh, income stream and uh, and a referral network that that kept me very very busy as a therapist. I just hated doing therapy. So, um, if you don't like doing therapy as a therapist, you should not be a therapist. So I stopped doing that. And uh, this was when I was like thirty. I transitioned. I played poker for for two years, and. Um, I would say that I was a successful po poker player for a bit. And then the market crashed in, uh, 2008, 2009 and all of the potential, uh, upside of poker like went away mm. and, uh, I went broke. I mean, really, I had like $800, uh, in cash as a human being, as a 33 year old, wow. actually at that time. Um, so it was pretty scary time. Um, my, uh, my, my rent at the time was, I think $1,200. Uh, so I had to sell some things on Craigslist to make sure that I could pay rent that month. And I transitioned to be, um, a photographer. So I just got this harebrained idea. Like, well, I, uh, I have a good camera and I like taking pictures. So I'll be a photographer and it's probably the worst way to like start a business. But I quickly realized that in photography, the, um, the way you make money in photography is you shoot weddings. Yeah. Uh, wedding photography pays, it's consistent and it's recession proof. Cause I was starting this during, during a bit of a recession. Um, and I, I, from that competitive standpoint, you know, I, I entered a saturated market of wedding photographers in Colorado and within a year or two, it was within two years. We we're one of the top, uh, my wife and I did this with me. Uh, we were one of the top um, and highest paid wedding photographers in Colorado. We were among that, that top 5%. Um, and it was just this idea that like, 
it was almost the same thing. I entered this business of wedding photography and I saw there was a ton of people doing it and it didn't seem like anyone knew what they were doing. <laughs> they were just, they, they were just like, I don't know, hobbyists that then started a wedding photography business. And I am uh, in the same way. I felt like I felt ill-equipped to start with, but then I watched, you know, hundreds of YouTube videos to make sure that I could be the best photographer uh, in Colorado. And then I hired a business consultant to help me create the best wedding business in Colorado. And, and it became a very successful business. Um, once I started CrossFit, this whole thing shifted and not my whole, but I, but I realized like, Oh, maybe I could probably build a business in CrossFit. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it felt like this area where there's not a lot of uh, it, it, where I was at, I was like, I, I, this can't be that hard of a business. Um, I just need to have, you know, 150, 200 people, a rented space and some equipment and some good coaches. Um, the reality is, is that a wedding photography business is way easier than a CrossFit gym <laughs> business. Uh, but I, I just went for it. You know, I, we've been shooting weddings for almost like eight years, probably shot about 200 weddings. And that gets really tiring. You get, you get a little bit burnout on weddings. And so, yeah, when I was 39, um, I started, I opened a CrossFit gym. Uh, I just happened to find one down the road, a building that was available, opened a CrossFit gym and, uh, owned, had that open for about four years. Um, then, uh, it, it was hard. It was the hardest business I've ever had. You can't just go out. It's, I couldn't just go out and sell the wedding photography was like, you would just go out and network and wedding planners would refer weddings to you. You'd meet with clients and it would just, it was just so buttery. It was so easy. Uh, the gym business, brick and mortar, you're just in a spot. And so I, what I wanted to do was like, just go out and grab people, just pull them in. But I didn't even have foot traffic. I was in like a warehouse district. Uh, so it was a hard business. Uh, I sold that in 2019 and I moved into the online space where I do, what I love to do is help, help people um, become extremely fit, whether they're starting from scratch or they're already on their journey and they're, they're looking to do something much more competitive. Um, but doing that in the online space allows me to have, uh, you know, clients all over the world. Hmm. Um, and I do, I have, now I have, I have, uh, uh, you know, people who work with Jason Grubb fitness, uh, on most continents, except for, really? uh, you know, not Antarctica, but, uh, did that, start yeah, before it, it, you were really, really cool. Did that start before you had one or did you use the wind to, to kind of springboard that business? Yeah. I sold, I sold the gym before I won my first CrossFit games. Uh, and it was that year I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, uh, but I won in 2019, uh, I sold the gym in April and I won the games in August. Uh, and it wasn't until the next year in, uh, 2020 when COVID hit that I had this idea. I was like, I I'm launching this with the idea that people are now stuck at home, yeah. um, you know, with COVID and they, they likely need some sort of a training program, um, to do at home. And I know a lot of gyms were providing that, but that's kind of where I saw an opportunity where I was dabbling in the online fitness space. I really went all in when COVID happened and, um, it, it was hard. I mean, people were scared. They were, they wanted fitness. Yeah. They wanted to be able to do something at home, but they also weren't sure if they were going to continue to get paychecks. Right. So there was this weird, like, they don't know if they can afford it, but they want to. And I was, 
at the time I, I had this wedding photography mindset that the more you charge, the more, um, the more buy-in people will have. So I was trying to be a high ticket fitness guru at home. And I've changed my philosophy around all of that, that, uh, I don't need to charge that much, especially when I can scale things. Um, but it, it got my, it got my feet wet in that online space in 2020. And then it was around that time that I started, uh, recording YouTube videos as well. Really rough ones. Like if you were, if you want to go in and watch some fun stuff, really dig into my old YouTube videos from 2020. Um, but you know, the way you start a YouTube channel is you just grab a camera and you start, you just have to start recording. You have to start publishing. You know, same thing with a podcast. You just have to start something. And so it was around 2020 as well that I, I started just talking to a camera about my experience, my fitness, my story, my nutrition. And, um, and one of the, uh, one of my most popular, uh, YouTube videos, not popular, but it, it's done well, um, in the, in the tens, tens of thousands of views is me sitting on a back, my back patio with my phone talking about the, the reason I don't eat grain anymore. <laughs> and that video took off. It was just very random, uh, from 2020, but, um, with both of those businesses, the online coaching business and the YouTube channel, um, you know, it, those, those are not fast growth, you know, shoot out of a cannon businesses, uh, that I, that I know of. I don't know a lot of people that it's more be consistent, master the mundane, which is an Alex Hermosi quote. If you just do the smart thing every day, day in and day out, um, that will pay off in dividends. And I've found that as a CrossFit athlete, if I just do the work every day, um, the results will take care of themselves down the road. And almost the same thing on my business and on my YouTube channel, just do what I know that I should do every day. And the results will take care of themselves down the road. It may not be fast. Um, not nearly as fast as I want to go. I want to go from zero to a thousand <laughs> immediately. Um, but just chip away every day. That's interesting. Cause the next, the question I was going to ask you is uh, out of all of these different stories that you just told, it seems like, you, you've been able to go from zero to very good, if not one of the very best, or in this yeah. in this case of the CrossFit, the very best in the world. So yeah. what I was going to ask, and maybe you just maybe you just answered it in the the three things that Alex Hermosi says: be consistent, master the mundane, and then the results will take care of themselves. But my question was going yeah. to be: how do you get good at anything quickly? Okay, <laughs> you you have to live an incredibly imbalanced life to get good at anything quickly. Um, it, it, it uh, oftentimes it's been referenced that the, the CrossFit games athletes or being a CrossFit games athlete is like having a mental disorder. Um, you, you are, you, you, your whole life is based around that, that goal or the goal of qualifying for the games. And then once you qualify the goal of, you know, um, which was a bucket list. I just wanted to get to the games. Um, I got there and I, and I didn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible. And once I tasted that, you know, the reason I have an online business is because I don't have time for a nine to five job. I don't have, I can build my own unique lifestyle so that most of my life can revolve around my training. Um, and it's, and it's crazy, um, how it, it, you'd be, most people would, would, think this is a crazy lifestyle. But two years ago, my wife and I, um, we sold our house. We've got two, two kids, 10 and six that are traveling with us in an RV full time on the road. Um, 
And that, that plus having an online business has helped facilitate the fact that I can train three to five hours every day, no matter what, in order to accomplish the goal of continuing to be the fittest uh, master's athlete on the planet or the most decorated. I want to continue this trend, but I've had to create a lifestyle where, you know, in the morning I get up, jump at the cold plunge, make my coffee, get a little work done, train for a couple of hours, then in the afternoon, get some work done, and then train again for a couple of hours. So two sessions a day. And then in the early evening, like last night, it was, uh, you know, head to the pool at the RV park, we're at a, a Jellystone, which is just a huge, mm -hmm. fun RV park. So go and roughhouse with the kids, the boys in the pool for an hour. Um, and by roughhouse, it's like a third workout. <laughs> um, I We go, they, like they want to be destroyed. So I destroy them in the pool. Uh, and then it's back, back home, eat some dinner, uh, work for another hour, get the kids to bed, uh, sit on the couch with my wife for an hour, hour and a half, go to bed. It's a, it's completely imbalanced. And I think that's the only way to get great at anything, um, or to be the best of the world at anything is it has to be imbalanced. And that's probably temporary. It's not sustainable for decades, but for a while. Um, and it also, I mean, it requires compromise. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, that I eat the same thing every day. I don't, I, it's an all in venture as well. I would say it's, it's, it's imbalance and it's being all in. I eat the same food every day. I don't deviate from that. So when it comes to like going out to dinner or on a date night or something like that, I, I often like pregame before the date night by eating a pound of ground beef and then going out to dinner with my wife to make sure that I hit the macronutrients, the protein goals that I need, then I can go out and I can have a drink and I can have a snack at dinner, but I'm not looking, if I go out and order a burger, they're going to give me, they might say it's a half pound burger, but it's still not, it's, it's just Dude, not I'm, enough food. I'm right there with so you. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, a relentless dedication to making sure that I get done every day what needs to get done in training. Um, and so I, I mean, I think about like, you know, Elon Musk, I mean, that guy's the best at the world at what he does. And I think he works like 17 hours a day. So you can't be Elon Musk and not work 17 hours a day. Right. Um, you can't be the fittest on the planet uh, in the CrossFit world without putting in the effort, the training, the nutrition, the other uh, accessory things. Like for me, it's cold plunging, it's recovery, it's um, mobility. All of those things all have to be done on a consistent basis in order to maintain this momentum. Very interesting. So I have to ask, if you eat the same thing every day, it's going to be at the top of, you're, you're going to know exactly what it is. Tell us, tell us what your daily, yeah. what you eat every day. Yeah, every day. Um, I, I have a, uh, I have coffee, uh, black rifle coffee, just because it's, it's so good. I'm just going to say it again. And you have it. It's like a, a, there's a sign behind you mm -hmm. right there. So black rifle coffee. Um, cause I like, I like companies that are just, just good companies. So black rifle coffee, but I actually make a bulletproof coffee, uh, which is a, uh, which is coffee with a tablespoon of butter, a tablespoon of MCT oil, uh, MCT powder. I'm sorry. Um, I actually put my creatine, two scoops of creatine in there and a dash of cinnamon. That's my bulletproof coffee. I actually have it right here. I'm currently working my way through it. Uh, it's delicious, but I will have a lot of coffee. Specifically, the coffee is half decaf because I, I really like coffee. So I'm going to drink the whole pot of coffee, but half decaf is all I need. I don't need a full pot of full coffee. Then it's um, about eight uh, 
eight egg whites, two full eggs, scrambled, along with two cups of white rice. That's breakfast. If there's fruit, I'll have fruit. Like if if uh, if it's in season, um, you know, I'll have watermelon, raspberries, strawberries, uh, apples, oranges, bananas. A little bit of fruit with that as well. Lots of carbohydrates. They typically have a training session mid morning. Uh, after that, lunch is typically um, chicken and rice, like just shredded chicken. Or this is where I get I have variants <laughs> for for lunch. If we have chicken, I'll have chicken. We'll just batch cook a bunch of chicken. So if I still have some uh, left, I'll have chicken and rice, or I'll have uh, yogurt, which is uh, a Faye yogurt. Um, it's my favorite, zero percent or zero percent fat yogurt, and uh, a couple of bananas. That's typical. Most of the time, that's my lunch. Um, and a little trick to Faye Greek yogurt. Um, so one, I don't like the thickness of Greek yogurt, but I love the protein content. I need the protein from it. Um, so I add a little bit of water to my Greek yogurt to make it more runny, kind of like a good old fashioned Yoplait yogurt. Mm -hmm. And I add orange crush makes, um, or crush makes these little water additive packets. They're like sugar-free. There's probably some chemical garbage in those because they are sugar-free, uh, but I don't care, but I'll add an orange crush packet to my yogurt to make that yogurt taste like an orange crush. And it's amazing. Mm. Cause it's a, I'll eat a good, you know, if it's a, if it's 32 ounces of yogurt, I'll eat 16 ounces. I'll eat a half of half a uh, tub of yogurt with that lunch. Then we move on to dinner, which is typically after my final training session, which is a pound of ground beef, uh, six days a week, one day a week, it might be fish or chicken. Like last night I had fish, but, uh, I'll just make four hamburger patties, grill them up, eat those two cups of rice, a little bit of cheese to help the rice stick together. and four to five nights a week, um, I will have a little dessert. I love ice cream. I love ice cream. So, um, in order to get enough calories every day, I normally have to have either another meal a little bit after dinner, or, uh, I'll have a small bowl of ice cream. A small bowl of ice cream will top off the calorie hmm. count for the day. And what is the calorie uh, count for the day? Um, calorie count is 3,400 calories a day wow. is what I look to get in. Wow. I'm a, um, I'm five, five, eight and a half. I weigh 203 pounds on average and, uh, 3,400 calories a day is what I need to maintain my performance to keep this, um, keep my weight where it needs to be. So I want to be as heavy as possible to lift and move heavy weights. At the same time, I want to be as light as possible in order to be great at the traditional CrossFit or gymnastics movements we do in CrossFit. So it's a, it's a, it's a balance. I, I don't want to be too heavy. I don't want to be too light. So around 200 pounds has been my sweet spot. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Cause, um, the, uh, it seems like CrossFit as more so than so many other sports has, has that sweet spot for, for weight and performance because you're having to do so many different things yes. of running, um, gymnastics movements, and then also lifting. So obviously the heavier and bigger you are for lifting, the bigger advantage it is, but the heavier yes. and bigger you are for gymnastics movements, kind of a disadvantage. So there's a sweet spot yes. there. And uh, you and I are lucky enough to be around the same size. And uh, that that makes us too small for most sports, 
but perfect for CrossFit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we could do CrossFit, and if we can run fast, we could maybe be play rugby. Yeah, or wrestle. Um, um, but with with weight, or with wrestle, weight classes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so that yep, was my background exactly. was wrestling. Um, okay, cool, man. Well, man, this is uh, really awesome and i have i have a couple of questions that i think might be really uh interesting for the audience and certainly some of these are, are going to be more interesting for me than than the audience as i have aspirations <laughs> of of making it to the games and and doing even better than that uh and this is my year since i have aged up into the 55 year old division so i am uh as you know there com that comes with some some advantages of lighter weights and, and yes. different things. So that, yes. that could actually be something good for me. But um, you were a 37, 38-year-old guy that was, you know, thought you were kind of fit. But I'm just wondering if there yep. were some indicators uh, for you other than boredom of running, which we discussed, um, where yep. you felt like, you know yep. what, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – getting older here. I have responsibilities as a father. I feel like maybe I'm not in as good a shape as, as, as I need to be. And I'm going to need to make a change. I don't know if that's what it was, or if it's yeah. just that your friend yeah. talked you into going to the CrossFit class and you got hooked. No, but if there were indicators, what were, were they? Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were strong indicators. Um, so one, I had, uh, I picked up chewing tobacco, uh, when I, during my poker playing days. So at 38, I was, uh, you know, eight years into chewing tobacco and honestly hiding it, hiding it from my wife, my family, although I got caught multiple times a year. So if, if any of your audience chews tobacco and they try to hide it, they know exactly what it's like when you get caught. Um, there's many stories that, that uh, you, you tell yourself, like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to switch to bandits, which are these little pouches, all these things. So um, I, I couldn't quit. In fact, I... I did quit for three weeks right around age 38 in order to get a blood test for insurance for, for like life insurance. And, uh, I thought, wow, I've really kicked the habit. I finally, after I got the blood test for the life insurance, I, I, it, I lasted one extra day <laughs> and then I was right back in the deep end. So, uh, it was chewing tobacco. I lived in a cul-de-sac, uh, a really great neighborhood at the time. And, uh, it was very, very social, um, but the, the challenge with that social neighborhood was that at four o'clock every afternoon, um, there was a happy hour in the cul-de-sac every afternoon, winter, rain, snow, shine. If it's raining or cold, we're in someone's garage, but we're drinking three or four beers every single night. And not like, not Coors Lights. We're drinking, you know, heavy IPA. Um, so I'm, I'm dropping a thousand calories a night on beer and I'm getting thicker and thicker. And I'm at the time, I mean, I was drinking two to three, sometimes four, maybe five beers. And that's every single day. Uh, so there was these warning signs that I was experiencing, like I'm drinking every day and I actually have anxiety if I'm not drinking one day. Um, I'm chewing tobacco. I'm not losing weight. Um, and I, and I have a three month old, like I, it, I actually, so I have two older children as well. I have a 25 year old and a 22 year old, um, from a previous marriage and I'm still very involved in their lives. Um, it's, it's, it's great. But, um, with this new batch of, of children, we, we wanted to have two kids. Um, I was like, I I'm three months into this and I'm feeling like I'm very old and I need to be a healthy, active human being. When this kid who's 10 now, when this kid's 18, I want to be able to do things with him as a 56 year old man. And, you know, 
Um, so I had some, some deep triggers around all of those things, or at least those who were starting to show up on my internal radar. And I think that CrossFit came at just the right time. Um, like when I entered that class, when I started, I was like, Ooh, I like this. I could see myself doing this for a really long time. And, um, in, in the, you know, I, I let the, the, I let that, I let CrossFit as a sport become pretty dominant and the byproducts or the side effects were that, yeah, now at, at 47, um, I can train five hours, yes, four hours yesterday. I can get a ton of work done and still go to the pool and destroy my children, <laughs> destroy two, two kids, um, for an hour and, uh, and have plenty of energy to spare. Um, and that's, I think that's where all of those sort of came together at one time. Uh, around 38. Okay. And that leads me into the next question. Okay. So there's, when you determine that, that there, a change needs to be made, maybe you don't know what it is yet, or maybe it was CrossFit for you. It could be something different for somebody else. Yeah. What is the mindset shift and the behavioral shift that, that leads you to be yeah. a regular exerciser, somebody that, that this is not yeah. just a fad or something that, that is short lived, but something that turns into a lifestyle. What, what, what mindset shift yeah. and, and behavior shift? shift do you have to have this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and tecovis is your stop for the best in western style tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more all tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend and tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, I think on the behavior shift, I'll start there. Uh, I, I really believe um, in the idea of, of tiny habits, or I think it's tiny or atomic habits. Um, but it's this idea of, of making really slight micro changes, building micro habits, that lead to major habit change. Um, so for me, it was, I go to the 9am class. This is what I do every day. That's just it. So when I started, I, I, I didn't know that the 9am class was going to be fun, but I, I just decided like, I, I think 9am makes more sense because it's towards the beginning of my day. I don't want to disrupt the middle of my day, like at noon or so I just decided that 9am and I'm not a 6am guy. So just that's out of the question. Um, but 9am, just get to class. That was the micro habit that I had. It just actually, it was more about exit the house at eight thirty because it took me fifteen minutes to drive there, and then you know, kind of a fifteen minute kind of start getting warm before class. But if I could just get out of the house at eight thirty every day, I would build the rest of my life around eight thirty exit in the morning. So that means I need to go to bed at like eleven at night so I can get up at six thirty so I can eat some breakfast. Uh, and then get out the door, get the kids, you know, to school, whatever, and get out the door by eight thirty. And that was just this micro habit. And so I think that's, I think that's what's most important on on making big behavior changes 
is starting with very, very small, small things. Um, get up, drink water, eat food, out the door at 8.30, and I'm going to the CrossFit gym. It just became like that. I don't care if I feel like it or I don't feel like it. If I get to the gym, uh, everything will start to sort of come together. And I still do that. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm a CrossFit Games champion. I'm I'm well into this, but there are days when all I'm trying to do is get myself to the gym and then I'll let it go from there. You know, once I get there and I start moving, I start to feel better. But there are some days where I feel every bit of 47 years old and I would rather take a nap than go train um, at the level that I'm, I'm going to train. But I don't. I just go. I get in the truck or if it's if I'm working working out outside of the RV, it's get out there and start warming up. And if I can just start warming up, everything sort of my body starts to follow along, yeah. you know? So I think that's behavior change, starting with something small, a, mi- a major, a major commitment to one small thing, and then let that small thing snowball into bigger and bigger behavior change. The other, the other thing that's funny about when you start doing exercise every day, whether it's CrossFit or you're running every day or all those things, you, you find yourself, these others cascading um, behavior changes happen because like, if I go and I run three miles uh, or I build up to running three miles, you know, four days a week, I don't want that effort to be for nothing. So I'm not going to like just get done with that three mile run and eat like three Snickers bars to just dissuade or discount the entire effort I just did. You find yourself like going to bed a little bit earlier. You find yourself uh, eating a little bit better. Or, like, I feel like that's just, you make one slight change and then these other things ripple through that. As far as mindset change, um, I think about, um, the biggest, one of the biggest accomplishments that I've had done as an, as an adult was quitting chewing tobacco. Um, I mean, I, the accomplishments of the CrossFit games, these are all wonderful battles. Um, but they're external. The internal battle around tobacco was so incredibly challenging. It's almost like, it's almost like a safety blanket, especially when it's, it's, it's a secret. Like, you know, I would, I would pack my cans of tobacco like in my travel gear if we were traveling as a family and I'd have to like hide it in an ex- external like outside of the pocket. <laughs> and I was always afraid that TSA was going to open it up and pull out all my cans and throw them away or something like if I'm going to Mexico <laughs> for a trip, then what am I going to do for tobacco? Like this was a weird internal struggle for me. But when I decided like it was when I qualified for the CrossFit Games in 2018, maybe a week after I qualified as putting tobacco in. Um, actually, as I, was, I was sitting in a hot tub, and there's nothing better than a big fat piece of tobacco and a hot tub. I mean, that's just paradise right there. But um, I remember sitting there thinking, a, a, a CrossFit Games athlete doesn't chew tobacco. That's it. And so I mean, I, I literally spit that out. I got out of the hot tub, threw the can in the trash, and told myself a CrossFit Games athlete does not chew tobacco. Um, and it was it was more about I'm the kind of person who dot, 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 it, 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 that was it. Like I'm the kind of person who works out every day. I'm the kind of person who doesn't chew tobacco. I'm the kind of person that takes care of my mouth. Um, but it, it had to be that, uh, that internal shift for me. So the right moment, it was a CrossFit games athlete doesn't chew tobacco and I quit. And it wasn't like I quit. And I was just like, you know, so happy about it. I was sad and mad and angry. Like I wanted to chew tobacco. I loved it. Um, and I know the people like that have quit smoking. They're like, I loved smoking a cigarette. A cigarette and coffee was the best thing on the in the world. But um, it was a hard week, and it was a hard couple of weeks. And um, 
but that it, it, it shifted and it was done. And I, now I'm still, I'm still the kind of person um, that I can say it on a much broader range. I'm, I'm, I'm a man who doesn't chew tobacco. Um, I'm a man who has a healthy mouth um, and who is not putting cancers directly in my lips anymore. Um, but I think that's what mindset shift changes. Yeah. It's just that I'm the kind of person who blank and um, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a strong uh, external source for that. Like for me, it was the CrossFit games um, being the best that I could be there, but it was when it came down to it, just like starting CrossFit helped change my body, quitting tobacco became this like, okay, now I just choose to do healthy things, like not chew tobacco, not just because of a CrossFit games app, because I want to be around as a dad and as a grandfather, which I'm going to be um, for lots and lots of years. I don't want to put anything in the way of that. Wow, That's awesome. I know that that's very difficult. My dad chewed tobacco for most of his life. And he said that was the most difficult thing ever. Uh, stopping, yes. stopping that. And I know yes. so many other people that, that, that feel the same way about that. So good job with that. Um, okay. So now you've, you've taken us to the point of being a regular exerciser and somebody says, Hey, there's a 5k this weekend, or there's a marathon coming up, or there's, there's something, there's a race or there's a local CrossFit competition. So you're now a regular exerciser and you're thinking about maybe competing. Maybe there's a Spartan race coming up, something's going on. Yeah. What's the mindset and habit and, and uh, behavior change to go from just being a regular, you know, going to the nine o'clock class and then maybe thinking about yep. taking it to the next level? Yeah, uh, a few things. So um, an awareness that if if you do want to become competitive in any sport as an adult, uh, I think I think any sport except for maybe golf. I don't know. Um, you're increasing your potential risk for injury. So that's, that's a reality. You, if you increase your training, if you increase, and this, this goes across, I think all ages, but if you put yourself in a competitive environment, you increase your risk for, for injury. So, um, keep that in mind and then work to minimize or mitigate any risk of injury. So, uh, obviously if you're going to run a marathon or you're going to do a triathlon, like I've, I've done a couple of half Ironman triathlons over the past couple of years for fun. Um, but I didn't just do CrossFit and go to the CrossFit games and then just train as usual and just go do a triathlon. Um, I switched I actually take a break from CrossFit for a month after the CrossFit games. Uh, cause the training gets very challenging leading into the games. It's very high volume. So after that, I want to recover. I want my body to heal up a little bit. And so I switched to triathlon training for a month. Then I do a half Ironman the past two years, this year, I'm doing a full Ironman in September. Um, but it means increasing volume for that particular uh, effort. So if I'm going to be doing a 5k, I need to sort of work backwards from when is that 5k? Is it six weeks out? Uh, then I need to work backwards from that to be able to uh, survive a 5k six weeks from now. So working backwards, I'm going to start to increase time on my feet. It might be walking. It might be walking with a weight vest instead of just regular walking. It might be running a mile every two or three days and then increase that mileage just slightly until I get to the point where I can run 3.2 miles in six weeks. So a lot of, you know, just being methodical and working your way from that end goal, work your way backwards to, to now. And using Google or for goodness sake, ChatGPT. <laughs> the funnest thing about AI right now is that AI is pretty good and you could probably go to ChatGPT and type in, I'm, I'm running a 10K on September 24th. 
build me a training program from now until the 10K that I can follow. I'm 30 or I'm 47 years old. I weigh 200 pounds. Um, you know, and maybe I'm 20% body fat. You could give all the details and a good trainer or chat GPT, or even there's lots of online um, brochures that can get you from couch to 5K or couch to 10K. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely fun when you actually sign up for something. Mm-hmm. I think the mindset shift is when you swipe your credit card or enter your credit card for that actual event, because now you're committing, you've, you've put money towards that thing that you're going to do um, or set your sights. You know, for you, CrossFit Games 2024, you know, you, you're 55, you're youngest in the age group. You did very well this year. So now next year, it's time to, it's time to lay down the hammer. So that means that, you know, even now we want to start think, thinking about what, what are the areas that you need to improve on and really shore up to be your very best when it comes time for qualifiers next February for the CrossFit Games next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's really what we do. We, you set that goal. And I think the most powerful thing, again, is, is when, you, when I put $800 down to, be, to do a full Ironman in September of this year, like, well, that's that. I'm not wasting right. $800. Yep. So as soon as the games are done, August 3rd, for me, August 4th is day one of, of my eight-week trek to being prepared for a full Ironman. Um, and then as soon as that Ironman is done, my sights will be on the Legends Championship, which is another CrossFit competition in December, and then Wadapalooza, and then the games the following yeah. year. So very much... I have to have a goal. I have to have a destination. And then I like to work towards that. Okay. Um, All right. So uh, that's a good segue to the next one. Now, now you've, you've kind of done some of these things. You've done the, the, the local competitions or you're, you're in the, you're in the open and you're doing well in the open. You're comfortable in a competitive surrounding uh, that has become somewhat of your your lifestyle going to these these competitive events and whether it's running or or ironman or crossfit or lots of other things there is a a big event for running maybe it's qualifying for the boston marathon for crossfit it's making it to the crossfit games for ironman you know maybe it's qualifying for hawaii Okay, so you just want to be there, like you mentioned earlier yep. in in your career that you were just happy to be at the games. So you're going from a an yep. age group athlete that's competing in local things to now now you're going to change things and you're going to go compete at this this very high level. And let's just talk about it for 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 CrossFit since that's what you've yep. done the best at. Um, yeah. What kind of behavior and mindset shifts go into that? From yep. just now you're trying to make the yep. biggest thing there is. Yeah, you're 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 gonna go all in. Um, this is gonna be a an, an endeavor. You know, imagine the astronauts like the, the stuff they've got to go through to be launched into space. Like there is a there is a regimented training program in order for them to be prepared for everything that they could be exper- they could experience. Right? Um, you're gonna give that level of dedication to whatever you're going after. So for CrossFit, it's okay. So you know, first I'm going to make sure that what I'm doing for training will help me achieve my goal. And it, I often, I believe this is fair. Um, it's not necessarily following the, the right training program. It's it, but it is following a training program to the T, um, not trying to do it yourself. So right now I'm, I'm about to release a training program 
to help masters athletes do this exact thing to go from the everyday crossfitter to a highly competitive crossfitter and my program my training program will be specific to masters athletes um but uh whether it's my training program down the road or or another training program if you follow it consistently really good training programs will help you develop a really well-rounded element of fitness but you can't you can't cherry pick this or that you you know, if you're doing a triathlon, it's not like you can cherry pick, well, I'm just going to do a lot more swimming and the run will take care of itself. There's no way that that's how that works when you're finishing an Ironman with a, with a marathon. Um, or yeah. Um, and in CrossFit, a well-rounded program that you complete every single thing. So as an entrepreneur, you know, I love, I love exploring new things and creating new things and trying new things. This is all great. But as a CrossFit athlete, I am great at following instructions. So whatever the program says, that's what I'm doing today. If it says I'm going out for a thousand meter swim today, I'm about to find some water. I got to find water to swim in. And as a guy that travels in his RV full time, literally last Wednesday, it was in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, the morning of a thousand meter swim, um, I need to find a pool. And I'm calling all these pools. You have to have memberships. Amarillo is not a large town. And so I send about five text messages to different people I know in the area and post online. And within an hour, I'm swimming. So you have to just, whatever it says, you have to make that happen. So I think that's the mindset shift is that there's no choices anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a Thursday. You're doing recovery work. It's a Wednesday morning. You're swimming Tuesday morning. You're doing rowing intervals and you're doing that before breakfast. Cause that's what the program says. <laughs> Um, so that's just it. You just follow instructions really well and put yourself in really painful situations. Um, so that's the, that's the, really the, that's the action item is that you, you, you follow a program and again, same thing with, I think really any sport, there's going to be programs that are created by the best in the sport. And if you follow that, you put yourself in a position to, to be your best. Mm -hmm. And then it's just what, what cards are dealt during the qualifiers and you hope that you're ready for that. Right. The mindset shift, I think, is um, that you're I, – I, so I as, – as a, as, a, as a games champion, the mindset that I have is that um, these guys know what I'm capable of. My competition, they watch me. I'm very public on, uh, on Instagram, but very public on YouTube. I share all of my secrets. I share a lot of behind the scenes in my training. So they all can watch that very closely. And so my mindset is this competitive mindset that they're watching and they know, they know what I'm doing. So I have to push even harder in my training, put myself into even deeper, painful places in training in an appropriate way um, so that I can maintain the advantage when it comes to on uh, to face to face competition. And I will say that over the years, you know, it's, it's always been very hard for me to know where I'm at. I just, I'm just trying to do my best. I just try to get back to the games again. And thankfully this year through the qualifiers, you know, this is my fifth year qualifying for the games and I've never won an online qualifier. Yeah. Uh, but this year I won quarterfinals. I won semifinals and I'm halfway through my age group. Um, so I'm, I've got confidence, but believe me, that doesn't take away the fear. Um, and that mindset of like, they're coming, 
So I got to hurt worse. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, um, so I'm not sure how to put that yeah, into no, better words, but that's, that's I, really good. I got to be able to hurt worse than them. Yeah, so. that's really good. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the, the final one was as you're, as you're already a champion and you go back to repeat, you know, that seems to be very difficult for a lot of people. You see a lot of people that win something once and then they don't go back. Um, and yeah. maybe you just answered it yeah. by just saying, you know, I know that they're coming and you don't want to lose, but yeah. it seems like at three time champion, you know, there has to be a real purpose, a real, real reason for you to go back and try to do it four times, because it's not like this is easy. It's when I mean, what, what we've talked about here for an no. hour is that, you know, it, it is incredibly unbalanced. It is it, it's almost like yep. a mental disorder. So what is it that um, yep. not only has you to go back, but has the, the passion to do it at, at the level that, you know, it needs to be done at to win? Um, what yeah. is, what drives you to defend? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I don't know if I've got the, a great answer for, for why go for number four, except that, um, I can. And I think that's this internal expectation that I have that I, it's almost like, um, well, this is going to come out right, but, 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 but why not? Um, why not give it a go? Why not go for four? Four sounds better than three. Um, <laughs> but the risk is that I don't win. And then I've got to deal with my own internal uh, ramifications of if I don't win this year, what, what story do I tell myself around that? Um, so that's, that's actually my biggest fear going into this year that if I don't win, um, what, what will, what will my brain, how will my brain articulate that? Um, but I'll, I'll cross that bridge. Cause I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to win. Um, but I also, I have a very, uh, very strong fear of failure. Um, and I think most people do. I think we, you know, a lot of us, have, we, you know, just exist with a fear of failure, but I think mine is, is very, very acute and that that fear of failure can provide tremendous motivation in my training, uh, to put myself into those dark places to make sure that I don't fail out there on the competition floor. And on a lighter note, on a lighter note, um, it is just a competition. It's just the CrossFit games. It's just, this is a, this is a sport. This isn't life. Now when I'm on the field, it's life or death. I mean, this is battle. This is, this is our Coliseum. You know, we, we don't, we don't put ourselves in, in, in harm's way that often. There's not opportunities to do that as, as human beings. Um, you know, and there's probably much more noble ways to do that than just competing in CrossFit. But for me, when I'm on that floor, it's life or death. And I will die before I lose an event. Oftentimes, if I have the power, if I can move, I will grind myself. Um, and if that means I pass out and die, okay. I mean, I, I went out swinging. Um, but uh, I, I do try to keep in mind that when it comes down to it, it is really fun it's really great. And I, and I love, I love to battle. I mean, I love to get out there and battle um, more than anything else. The feeling after a competition or after a single event at the games is, is, uh, is pretty darn wonderful. So um, I'll keep it lighthearted and say, well, I, I, I just love it. So I love it. But yeah, when it, in the moment, it's very, very serious and I'm, I'm taking it with everything. But when it's all said and done, it is, it is just a sport. It is a hobby. Um, I just, I just take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you've obviously done incredibly well at it. It, it is, you're, you're thriving in it and, uh, you know, it's coming up real soon. Yep. So when are, when are the games? What are the dates yes. of the games? 
Yeah, so we're about six weeks out. Uh, the games start for Masters athletes August 1st, and we compete uh, for three days, the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of August. Uh, and then we'll know. So we'll know where okay. we'll know where we stand. All right. Well, we'll be watching you and uh, cheering you on for your fourth. That's uh, very, very uh, impressive. And also in your particular age group, I find it incredibly competitive. I mean, there are a lot of guys that have been it doing is. this since CrossFit started. They, you know, it's yes. it's uh, it's very, very competitive. And, and you are rising to the very, very top of a very, very competitive uh, age division and sport. I mean, it's getting more competitive every year. The weights get heavier. Everything gets more difficult and you yep. continue to to yep. win. So that's very impressive. So yep. um, you've given us some incredible advice uh, for, for both athletes that are that are aspiring to be at the top and also people that um, are maybe uh, a little lost right now and, and know that they need to make yep. a change in yep. their life. So I really appreciate that. And uh, for anybody that is interested, go to Jason Grubb, G-R-U-B-B underscore fitness on Instagram. I don't know. Do you have other uh, uh, social media or websites or anything that they can go see their programs yep. or anything you have? Sure. They can go to jasongrub.com, again, with two Bs. Uh, they can also just search for Jason Grubb on YouTube, and you'll see dozens and dozens of, of, uh, of videos, uh, instruction, motivation, behind the scenes, uh, lifestyle, all kinds of fun stuff. Awesome, man. Well, Jason, thank you very much. And, and thanks for doing this on, uh, you know, on the spur of the moment and driving, doing it while you're driving. Sure. I really appreciate sure. that. That's fantastic. I look forward to meeting you in person. We'll have to, I'll, uh, come up to Cookville sometime and maybe we can, uh, train when you're up there or if you're in the South sometime, uh, Florida, we can, we can get together down there, but, uh, good luck to you, man. Six weeks out. I know you're going to do great and, uh, we'll be watching. Thanks, Tom. Right. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. See ya.